you know, what started this conversation was I was at the dinner table the other day with my children and my two, my two boys, they began talking to me about dad. I'm going to open up this business and dad, I want to do this and dad, I'm going to have to buy this stuff. And there I was, I found myself drawing, I was like, it is time. And I found myself drawing out the cash flow quadrants to my boys and talking about these different avenues and talking about what it's like to be an employee, what it's like to be a small business owner, what it's like to be a big business owner, being an investor and and and, and the the footprint that comes with each one of those routes. It was just terribly interesting conversation. I thought I'd share it here with you, of course, on the channel. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents channel. My name is Jesse Durham. Today's quick take is going to concern looking at the cash flow quadrants as described by Robert Kiyosaki in his second book, The Cash Flow Quadrant. So Mr. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki talks about these, these quadrants. Okay, So on the left-hand side, top left, there is the employee. Bottom left, there is the self-employed or the specialist or the small business owner. In the top right quadrant, you have big business. That's going to be businesses with 500 plus employees. And then in the bottom right quadrant, we have the investor. Okay. So I don't want to get too deep into breaking this down. If you've not read a Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I highly encourage that. I believe it's still the best-selling personal finance book of all time. Highly encourage that. Many of you probably have read it. He's got a second book called The Cash Flow Quadrants. Highly encourage that. I, I, I don't know that I can say that I liked one more than the other. They build on each other. So that's why I'm numbering them for you right there. And he, and he does have other books. But again, I want to look at these, these quadrants with an infinite banking Lens. All right. So for those of us that are either vetting or learning more about this infinite banking concept or those of us that are already on our journey of becoming our own bankers, we own properly structured policies with mutual companies that pay dividends. And we're going to fit into one of these categories. We all are. We're either going to be employees, self-employed, big business owners or investors. Now, let me talk to the employees for a minute. So for the employees out there, we're very much that average American that Nash talks about in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker. So we're pursuing a career and maybe we have 10 years left, 20 years left, 30 years left, and we work for somebody and maybe they have government qualified plans and individuals that they march out in front of you every year and they're telling you to park your money here. And of course, in being an employee, the vast majority of us, of course, we're just participating in this conventional commercial banking system. So we're financing our cars. We have our homes financed with the commercial banks. We're putting our vacations on the credit cards, etc. We're just doing conventional banking. That is until, of course, we begin implementing the infinite banking concept. And then piece by piece, brick by brick, we begin to change that. Okay, so I'm just asking you to question things as an employee, because we just must recognize we're probably earning a predetermined salary, okay? And and over the course of our life now, we're deciding to become our own banker, which means, no, now we're going to be warehousing our wealth in these private assets. I mean, that's not even the kind of vernacular, that's not the kind of vocabulary associated with employees. So, hey, We've not arrived. I've not arrived. So we're learning. We're actively seeking to do better. We're wanting to live financially independent and autonomous, even as employees. Okay. So that that's my background. So 
I, I come from a background of being a high school Spanish teacher in a government school, uh, from being a law enforcement officer in the state of North Carolina. So both of those prior careers, I was an employee. I had those government plans. Uh, my wife and I were pursuing regular careers, what we would call just regular blue collar careers. And that is what it is. So I hope that's helpful. Let's keep going. Self-employed, small business owners, specialists in your field. Okay. Many of you, you're going to have a background probably in, 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 in debt. Okay. So you've had to further your education or you've had to buy a bunch of business equipment to run your equipment. You've had to do some things where, yes, you have more advantage perhaps on earning but of course, you're limited to what you can do, maybe with a small group, but plenty of folks, they're sole proprietors, of course, and you may not have that background net of an employer offering you to participate in a, a plan or even offering to match and free money. Okay, and don't let me get on that tangent too much. But you might be bringing some baggage, some financial baggage, of course, so to speak. And, and, and that's, that's not a knock on you. That's just saying you're going to be in a different situation, perhaps, than these other quadrants. And we just need to recognize the pros and the cons and the X's and the O's. So perhaps you have some debts and you certainly have cash flows that you have to manage. I mean, you're concerned about things like payroll. You're concerned about things like taxes, etc. So again, it behooves us all to be our own banker. Doesn't matter if we're an employee, doesn't matter if we are the the business owner, that small business owner, or a specialist in our field or self-employed. We can be our own banker. We could be financing our business ourselves. We could be financing the growth of our service, our product that we that we have and that we offer in our field as a specialist, what have you. And same thing as, as an employer, an employee, excuse me, we don't have to be beholden to the conventional banking system. See, that's what I'm trying to point out here is this. It doesn't matter if you're an employee, it doesn't matter if you're self-employed, who controls the banking function in your life. And of course, on this other side where you're talking about big business owners, of course, you're just talking about scaling up what the small business owners are dealing with. You have massive cash flows that you have to manage. And it probably takes more money than, than most folks, of course, would understand to run that business. But again, where is your warehouse of wealth? I mean, that's my question for you, big business owner, 500 plus employees. Sure, you might be making a lot of money. Are you keeping a lot of money? Okay, how much money are you paying out in interest for what you're conventionally doing? Okay, what if, okay, so here's, here's my question for any of the business owners. What if you could be in the business of financing your business? I mean, who's really making bank, so to speak? Who's really making bank on your business? I know you're making income and cash flows from your business, okay? But what if by adding one step to what you're already doing, you could also be in the business of financing your business? What does that do to your profitability? What does that do to exponentially growing your profitability by being in the business of financing your business? And then for the investors out there, Capital has a cost. Okay, there are two ways to earn. People can be at work. Those are the employees, the specialists, the self-employed, 
small business owners. And then there's money at work. If you're on this big business side, this investor side, you're putting money to work. So the nice thing about becoming your own banker is it doesn't matter which of those four categories you're in, you can own private appreciating assets where you do take your depreciating dollars, such as they are, and you get to fund this asset that you own to control for the rest of your life, this appreciating, this self-collateralizing appreciating asset. So you do get to put your money to work. So you're you're an employee, you're a business owner, etc. You're doing what you're doing, but your premiums, okay, those are dollars that are compounding forever into the future, wherein you still maintain access. And you ha- listen in all this, no matter what your background is, in which of the quadrants, no matter what your background is, you can become your own banker by adding one one more step without taking on any additional risk without losing control, without changing your cash flows. I mean, I know that's important for everybody, but my business owners, without changing your cash flows, that's so very important. You can become your own banker without changing any of those things, without working any harder. Okay, it's really important to recognize. So for, for my investors out there, here's here's a line from, from R. Nelson Nash for my investors out there. Without the business of banking, all other business comes to a screeching halt. Okay? Banking is. Banking exists. Banking is a function, and you can become your own banker. If you've been profitable and you've conventionally financed things so far, how much more profitable could you be if you begin to privately finance for yourself your investments? Okay, so I hope that this has been thought-provoking. I hope that this has piqued your interest in reading The Cash Flow Quadrants by Robert Kiyosaki and in reading Becoming Your Own Banker by R. Nelson Nash and in having a conversation with me about how you can implement the infinite banking concept into your household or your business or your investing. And I do look forward to that conversation. This has been a great pleasure for me. Have a great day. Take care. Fantastic. Perfect. Wonderful. Marvelous. Spectacular.